Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for June 13th is 1 Kings chapter 8 and 2 Chronicles chapter 5. We're getting to the dedication of the temple. It's been seven years of manufacturing, of building the temple itself, another six years beyond that for a total of 13 years of construction of not just the temple, but also Solomon's palace, but also the artifacts and the articles that go into the temple that are used in service to Yahweh. And so the people that I'm can only imagine the level of excitement and expectation that the people had. How many of you know that God responds to our expectation? You know, expectation is faith in a way. It's the evidence of things unseen. The things that we're expecting to take take place that we haven't seen yet, that we haven't experienced yet, but we're expecting it. That's where hope comes from, is this joyful expectation. And hope and faith are so closely related. The people must have had this air of expectation about them. I wonder if they were expecting the cloud of God's manifest presence to come and sweep in. I know that they had heard the stories, right? We had We've heard the stories, but have you ever seen God come where there's a physical cloud? Like you could see him, such as the Israelites did when they were wandering in the desert where he was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I wonder if they were expecting at the dedication ceremony of the temple, which lasted 14 days, I wonder if they were expecting to see God appear in such a dramatic way. The priests bring the Ark of the Covenant in. It's containing the tablets that Moses placed there. 400 years or so that tablet's been being carried around, that the Ark of the Covenant with the tablets inside. And it says in verse 10, when the priests came out of the holy place, the cloud of God's presence filled Yahweh's temple. And because of the cloud, the priests were not able to continue ministering for the glory of Yahweh filled the temple. I wonder if they weren't able to continue because they couldn't see because of the cloud. Or if it's because they were just so overcome by the presence of God that their hearts were arrested like they couldn't catch their breath like God appeared in such a beautiful and majestic way that they just forgot what they were doing and they just were awestruck by the presence of the almighty God and then Solomon turned around and it says twice in this chapter 1 Kings 8, that Solomon blessed the people. But look at what he says. Both times it says Solomon blessed the people. Quote, he said, quote, Blessed be Yahweh, God of Israel. 
he blessed the people by blessing God, by proclaiming a blessing to the name of God. And so it reminds me that blessing God is a blessing to all those around him and around us. What a blessing it would be for our children and our subjects, maybe our employees. What a blessing it would be for our parishioners and our churches to see our pastors stand up and stretch out their arms the way Solomon did and proclaim, Blessed be the name of God, Yahweh, the King of all creation, the God of our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the King, the God of all gods, the Lord of all lords, the one who is and who was and who is to come. Blessed be his name. Proclaiming a blessing to God is a blessing to the people. And I just think that's beautiful. Solomon's prayer in verse 22. He stood before the altar of Yahweh in front of the entire congregation of Israel. All the people of Israel, millions of people, spread, and he spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Yahweh, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. And he goes on to pray. And I love that he prays specifically God, when we sin, forgive us, teach us, don't, don't forget us, like bring us to this place of repentance. In verse 41, even for the foreigner who is not of your people Israel, verse 43, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place and, doing, and do according to all the foreigner asks. <laughs> God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care. I mean, he cares, but he doesn't discriminate based on the color of your skin or your gender or what nationality or ethnicity or what language you speak. He made you that way. He chose for you to be white or black or Asian or whatever. He chose for you to speak Spanish or English or Tagalog or whatever. He created you that way on purpose. And you being who you are glorifies him. When Solomon finished praying this entire prayer in verse 54, and his petition to Yahweh, he got up from kneeling before the altar of Yahweh with his hands spread out toward heaven. So before he was standing with his hands spread out, and then here he's kneeling with his hands spread out. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy, I want men everywhere to lift up their hands in prayer. We should do that more. Why do, It's only the Pentecostals who do that. It's only the charismatic folks who do that. And some Baptists when they get fired up. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. We should do that. Be encouraged. Lift up your hands in prayer. Bless his holy name in front of people. Around the people. There's no better way to bless the people around you. Tomorrow we get to read about God's response to all of this. 
but I'll just touch on Second Chronicles chapter 5. Different account, same series of events. And it talks about the bringing of the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh up from the city of David, that is Zion, in verse 2. So all the men of Israel were assembled in the king's presence at the festival. So the Ark was carried from Zion, the city of David, which is in Jerusalem. I mean, it's, it's almost like old Jerusalem to Mount Moriah, which is the Temple Mount. Many scholars believe that's also Mount Moriah, where the temple was built, that we're reading about now, that was later destroyed and then rebuilt during the time of Jesus. Many scholars believe that it's also the place where Jesus was crucified. Many people believe it's also the place, same exact place, where Abraham was called to offer his son, his only son at the time, the son of the promise. And I just wonder, like, what is God speaking to you right now about your sacrifice? What is it that's most precious to you? And is God asking you to give it to him? Because if he is, the most blessed thing you could possibly do is hearken his call. Give it up joyfully, fully expecting that he has something even better for you in return. God bless you, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow.